0: Hello and welcome to the Out of Spec podcast. I'm joined tonight by Mike Breeling and Kyle Connor himself is back. Tonight we debrief Kyle on some of his latest adventures. Uh, We bring you some Tesla news. Look at all the look at the new Volvo's C40 and Vietnam's Vinfast is coming at last, plus much, much more. Um, But first, some good news. UK residents, you can actually get paid to watch Top Gear. I wanted to mention this briefly because it's exciting. And although I'm not a UK resident, this is a competition, I guess, that is up for grabs until like mid-November. So anyone who loves Top Gear, you can get paid to watch it now. And I think you have like a three-month time frame to watch 30 seasons, and you get about $1,400. Well, that's U.S. money, so whatever the exchange rate is. That's Um, that's... $5.90 an episode. (laughs) (laughs) which i'm assuming if you're applying for this you would do it for free so that's exciting you would also get featured in some of the publicity around this whole thing they're doing so um you do have to keep track of cars along on along the way like which cars are in what episode and what they're doing but um yeah it's your chance to become the ultimate top gear nerd and get paid for it and that's pretty fun (laughs) Did they say why
1: they're doing this? Yeah. What's the the motivation?
2: um, Is it just money? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: It it may
0: just be around the publicity and the media they can get generated by doing this. Um, So, (laughs) But it's done by uswitch.com. So it's a UK company that helps customers compare prices on services and products, which is interesting. It's not actually like car specific, Um, but yeah kind of fun so you can watch a lot of the stig and enjoy yourself but i don't know i'm a huge top gear fan i mean that's what originally even got me into cars so yeah yeah i mean i'm
2: sure a lot of our uh listeners or viewers have probably seen top gear at some point if not the uh old one or the new one or you know the grand tour or whatever they're doing now uh, I know I've probably watched all thirty seasons at some point, but it's probably been <laughs> you know twelve years of watching. So
1: it's it's the uh, it's the I
0: Friends or the Office of car enthusiasts. I mean, it's just we've seen it all. It's yep. on in the background all the time.
1: <laughs> so Jordan, you also are a fan of MKBHD Marquez Brownlee, and Huge I watched fan. watched Marquez's videos this week. Uh, I'm lucky enough to know Marquez. <laughs> And uh, watched his um, uh, breakdown of the new MacBook Pros, which yes. seemed like a really serious upgrade. I've been considering my MacBook Pros 2000. I don't even know how do I find this. About it's this
2: probably MacBook. a it's probably like an 18 or something or 17, yeah.
1: Seventeen. You've had it for a couple years. inch, yeah, 2.9 quad core i7. But I just think like, uh, you know, when I'm on the road, this is what I have to use to edit. Now, back home, we got the big powerhouses downstairs, mm-hmm. all the, the Mac, the, the good stuff. But when I'm on the road, it's film, edit, upload. And I do this all on my Mac with like this. And I just keep buying these hard drives. And I just run <laughs> through them. We, I got a stack of like 50 of these things because we're accumulating so many videos. Um, but my Mac, every time I just turn it on, just goes in the red. The fans max out. Uh, And it's just (laughs) always thermal throttling. So I've been thinking about upgrading to this new machine. The one I spec'd out was like $4,300, which is a lot. But when I think about like how many years I keep this thing, this thing's 17, 18, 19, 20, that's four years rolling on five. That's a pretty not bad investment, less than $1,000 a year to edit all of our videos on the road. That seems reasonable.
0: As Marquez has pointed out in previous videos that he's had on other Macs, things that increase your work speed uh, dramatically, especially from a rendering video standpoint. (laughs) Dramatically. um, (laughs) It actually could also help you literally work faster, um, especially because you're a creator, um, just like him. So for him, getting a crazy Mac Pro with lots of RAM and video card capabilities Helped him with that. So yes, um, you could benefit greatly. Uh, well, I, yeah, all of us could from a M1 Max, 16 inch or even 14 inch MacBook Pro, 21 hours of battery life. Obviously not when you're you know rendering. Yeah, like I freedom, mean, I, I kind of
1: live in the world where it just has to stay plugged in because my battery shot yeah. on this thing, so it just lives on the charger. <laughs> I get like 40 minutes with it unplugged, and I got Alyssa <laughs> the new MacBook. I think it's an Air. I don't know, but it's the new M1. And it's yes a rose yes gold i thing. have that you have is yours rose yep. gold
2: no it's just silver oh, but it is the is new m1 brandier.
1: dude this thing which is, is what i'm using case. right now this was like a 999 machine yep, that's all like mine was. yeah <laughs> yep. and, and it rips harder than this laptop does on, on export <laughs> it's mean, amazing
2: we're going a little bit away from cars here but the that's apple right. silicon or silicon is amazing and i'm actually surprised kyle that you have not ordered the new pro already I would have sworn to like Kyle Pryor to order one of these like as yeah, one but on look, the there's way.
1: a lot of things I want. And it's like, OK, do we get a new office or do I get a new iPhone, the new AirPods, the new Mac Pro, the new <laughs> laptop? And like, is it going to affect the quality of video? That's the thing I keep coming up with. You know, it does it affect the outcome. The answer is no. All it does is it makes my life easier, but what goes on YouTube will see zero (laughs) difference. So you know I need to value my time. And right now I don't stop working. So I'm like, well, I'm working one way or another. Um, You know, maybe I should value my time a bit more, get the faster machines. I don't know, but this is the thing. I've been trying to find a new iPhone, by the way, this is the 12 and I don't, you probably won't be able to see it, but one of my camera lenses is just nicked enough where in all of my videos, I've been noticing this lens flare. Because uh, I shoot everything on iPhone, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's just just time for a new phone. Uh, I, I've run this thing for a year now; it's been awesome. And can't can't buy a new iPhone; they're just totally booked. So sorry to derail it from cars, but uh, I, I got a new one. a tech and yeah, so Alyssa got the new one, but hers <laughs> isn't uh Pro Max. Oh, I, I didn't
2: know, do the Max; yeah. just
1: the Pro. Yeah, she just got the Pro, but I like the big screen. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. got a got same cameras one. this year though.
2: Same cameras.
1: Yes, I know. Well, I guess I could use her phone to shoot. That's not a bad idea.
0: Yep. There you go.
1: Sorry to derail, Jordan. (laughs) No, it's all right.
0: What is coming soon is something I wanted to see if you guys had ever heard of, the Vietnam VinFast, which has been shown, I think it was first unveiled in uh, Chicago Auto Show in like 2018 or 2019. Um, Been very out of the news, just kind of, there in existence but not actually in real yet and you know we don't spend a lot of time on things that aren't real yet well i guess sometimes we do <laughs> everyone's obsessed with cybertruck still that is coming um but the vietnam Vinfast is actually coming to the u.s so i think this is a big deal because how often do we see a brand new brand to us and it actually looks decent uh i mean it looks a bit kind of i don't know you guys transformers fans the front is very decepticon That's what it screams to me. But is um, it a plug in hybrid
1: or a full battery electric?
0: It just says electric SUV. And what's confusing is the naming structure, which is E35 and E36, but it's not BMW. So,
1: (laughs) Uh, right. (laughs) So, uh, can't mix it up
0: with (laughs) old BMW model numbers. I believe believe they're they're full electric.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, I don't think I like that very much, or at least have very. I mean, it's just another small crossover of which we will have many. And at which point mm-hmm. do you say I'm going to buy the Vindfast from Vietnam, or I'm going to go buy any you know a, established yeah, a Chevy a
2: Blazer, suit. you know, I yeah, mean, that's whatever it is, what it reminds me of, or a uh, Mitsubishi Outlander. That's another car kind of reminds me of. And I agree. I'm not sure that this is going to take off in the manner that their CEO believes that, Oh, we're going to sell. I think he said at first like 36,000 cars in the U S in our first year, and then lowered it due to the the chip shortage uh, to 15,000 or 11,000, somewhere around there. But I just don't see this. I just don't see this car taking off that fast right away in the first year, at
1: least. Well, you heard it here, folks, not a huge success out, out of the gate. Is our prediction?
2: Yeah, Kyle will have to I'll go drive one another. by there.
1: Yeah, read honestly, Vin, Vinwiki, <laughs> Vinfast, whoever you are, if you want us to go review one of these things, <laughs> what a what a name! I'll though, come I over mean, and drive you. it. Yeah, I mean the I can identification my number. Mind. Yeah, we're just guessing, uh, and you have a lot of perception issues coming to the U.S., (laughs) obviously. (laughs)
0: It's ridiculous. But yeah, I I wanted to throw that out there because another CUV, and it's also electric. Well, that's actually a a good one
1: because I've I've never heard of it. So I think that's quite interesting, VinFast. Yeah, I don't know why I think I have a natural reaction to say, oh, I haven't heard of it. It must not be good. Um, Maybe it's going to be amazing. (laughs) I don't know. We'll have to see. The best car you've never heard of. You heard it here, folks. Uh, the,
0: <laughs> I it will be at the LA Auto Show in a month, which I'm hoping to go to. So that I'll I'll see what I can. You figure have to be our now. man
2: on the ground, Jordan. You have to man on the first-hand report. Uh,
0: are you doing the LA Auto Show, Jordan? Uh, Well, I just found out it's like going to be starting right when I was originally going to leave California. So maybe I'll just move my trip back a little bit. Yeah, but I think our
1: days are a couple days earlier too. So let me know if you want me to get you hooked up. We can get you hooked up.
0: Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Um, As per usual, our fans want to know the Tesla news and we won't spend much time on this. You sound so
1: depressed about that. Why is it Tesla news? It's uh, it's the freaking (laughs) Tesla news of the week. (laughs) <laughs> deliveries of the yeah, model x
0: come on i'm an i'm an og fan like i yeah like, you're a Tesla model first. s before the last came out when it was unveiled in 09 i was like that's freaking cool <laughs> and still looks good obviously some other things look more exciting but the oh, model, model s x is a great fresh. looking car model Agreed. x came out when originally was that 2016 when the deliveries yeah yeah so This is big news because it's it's not much different on the outside, but the inside has that wonderful interior akin to the plaid with the horizontal screen and the yoke and all the theoretically better build quality. Um, But yeah, I don't think that's true. You don't think the build quality? Everyone that
1: I know that has a refreshed Model S has had some kind of issue with it.
0: I've yeah, seen a lot of issues I, on Twitter with new
2: ones, new <laughs> Model S's and plaids specifically. But so I think yeah, uh I wonder, that's how, just many, supposed to wonder out how many work. I wonder how many have
0: that. been I wonder how many have been delivered versus complaints for build quality because it is one of those things where you don't always hear anything unless someone's upset. Um, but at the same time, Tesla's had such a bad rap for build quality that you also see people bl- like posting about how crazy it is that their car arrived perfect. Uh which is equally funny. (laughs) That's a really
1: interesting point. You never really hear that from anyone else. I picked up my Tesla and couldn't find anything. Can you imagine that? (laughs) But the, yeah, I think
0: the, oh, this is not opening, but yeah, you can kind of see the front slight refresh there. I I think it looks quite good, actually. I love the doors. I know they're a mechanical nightmare. Elon says they shouldn't have done it. I still think it's cool. It's still one of the best party tricks of a car. Um, So, yeah. New Model X's deliveries have begun. Um, do you guys know anyone who's getting a, a new Model X specifically? I think Kyle Brandon has one on order. Do you know when he's getting it?
1: Uh, no, I didn't know that. I don't know anyone yeah. that has one coming. And, hmm, yeah, I mean, the, the question is, you know, is this exciting? It's the same thing as Model S. It's just, like, finally it's hitting X. Like, why is it later? Um yeah, I don't know. They haven't really sold many S's and X's recently. A lot of that's just because no. they haven't made that many. Um, but I wonder yeah. if that reflects the demand or if that's just they decided not to make any. I don't really know. Yeah, no, it, it's cool to me. I'm glad finally the car is getting updates seemingly needed. I'm about to go do something with a Model S Plaid after we record this podcast. But obviously, it would have already been done by the time this show goes live. Uh, some charging deep dive analysis. So stay tuned for all of that. The new battery pack's really interesting to me, this new Plaid pack. 18650 cell architecture broken, I think, into five modules or four modules, similar to Model 3 concept. It's like a a cross between old Model S pack and new Model 3 pack. And yeah, I have to say, I think it's going to be good. We'll see how it does charging-wise.
0: It's it's good range. I mean, the the Model X is one of the biggest vehicles with a decent range right now. So it does have that going for it, although it is relatively expensive. Um, It's expensive compared to the Cybertruck's unveiled price, which has now been just omitted. This is the other side of our Tesla news today. Cybertruck page (laughs) has been updated with the removal of specs and price. So what you see here was the old website uh, or old web page. And now they don't say any of that stuff, uh, which is interesting. I know this has been delayed. No one really, no one didn't expect it to be delayed. It's just kind of on par for Tesla, especially with all things considered with chip shortage and pandemic, like they're, they're blaming all the normal things right now, but it is interesting that they removed the pricing and the specs, which I guess in their benefit they can do whatever they want now and be like oh it's not on the website yet so they could almost re-release or re-unveil this with completely different information they can't go too wild because everyone would criticize the heck out of it but it does give tesla some leeway for that
1: i don't think it does everyone put in their orders under a certain promised perceived spec value and of course it's always subject to change however uh yeah really disagree with their strategy here It might be better than expected. Might be worse. We just don't know. That's
0: true. They could do a mic drop moment, but it is. Yeah, they could say, "By the way,
1: we made you wait, and we made it this much better." That would be cool. (laughs) I'd be all for that. But just like tell us once it's like a couple months away that we can actually like get one. Like, don't just tell us now and then make us wait two years. Let's just put this all on hold.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. Um, Tesla probably shouldn't have put out prices on their configurator. So just left that alone to begin with, uh, especially if they weren't confident. Maybe they were, maybe they weren't at the time of, you know, how much if they can meet that target model, it's kind of like the model three. Oh, it'll be a $35,000 car. Then that never really came to fruition. Only very briefly did they have a 35000 model or dollar Hey, do
1: you guys know about the elusive secret model in Canada that they launched that had a 100-mile range? Yes. Read about it. Yeah, I wanted to test one of these. I got to find someone that has one because they had to have the base model under a certain number for tax purposes. Mm -hmm. So they made a car that like no one would buy. (laughs) And then it was just like a bit more for the one they actually wanted to sell.
2: Yeah, very interesting way of doing it. But that's exactly why for tax reasons to hit like a certain like tax credit or something they could get. Um, I don't know. I've not seen anyone, at least who I've seen a follow on Twitter who's had one or mentioned it, but I, I know really if someone it, would be so, it would be so exciting to so, actually drive one.
1: Back when they did this, I don't think I had Twitter yet, but it was on Facebook. Someone said, I went out of my way and I got the weird one. And I don't think it's supercharged. <laughs> like it was like so weird. And, um, yeah, so we got to find one. I know there's at least one or two out there.
0: <laughs> well, let's move on to the Volvo C40, which is both news and also relevant even more so because Kyle's just got back from Belgium literally driving this thing, one of the first people to review it. And, wow, those wheels just really jumped out at me. Now that I'm seeing this, like, full screen um, Kyle, what did you think of the slope back kind of sporty sport back SUV? I know you're not genuine, generally a fan of those in concept because, you know, dogs and it really does kind of defeat some of the purpose of an SUV in general or CV, but some people like the style well, and they look
1: worse. <laughs> no, <laughs> most yeah. sport in my opinion, look worse, <laughs> cost more money and are less functional. So I don't ever understand why you would buy one. In this case, the C40 works as a package, and I would say more people than not in my very unscientific polling methods said that they preferred this to XC40, and I will agree that this looks a bit more modern, a bit more flair- a bit more interesting than XC40 Recharge. Underneath, identical cars. CMA architecture, 78-kilowatt-hour growth, 75 usable, two 150-kilowatt motors, which is 402 horsepower, 407 PS, um, 0-60 in four-something, like it's quick. It's got 230-ish miles of range, 150-kilowatt peak fast charging. Like, it hits the general marks that I would say, like, are minimum requirements for pretty much everything. Um, but nothing really is amazing on numbers. So what you need to do is go like, okay, it's 60 grand. Is it worth it to you uh, to spend 60 grand on this car? And I would say 100% yes, in my opinion, because it feels nice. It looks cool. And it's more of a statement thing. You're saying, I'm going out of my way, not to buy the most showy, fastest, crazy thing, but that I just wanted a nice car built by nice people. And that's what this (laughs) car is. It's just. A brick going down the road. And look, it's, it follows Swedish design. I really love that. I love the ethos behind the car. I love the safety influence. And it's really not bad to drive. Like, it's quick, fun, handles pretty well, and very understeery, but like no one's shredding around the Volvo. And so, yeah, I thought I thought all good. I had a couple of videos on out-of-spec reviews about this car, and I think we have an article coming on Swerve Autos about it soon as well.
0: So the speaking of Swedish design on the CMA platform uh, and sport back styling the Volvo or the Polestar two versus this, a lot of people have actually have talked to me about how they're like, they keep mixing them up in their mind just because of the looks mostly. But how, how do you feel after driving both of those? Like, are they even comparable or are they too similar or are they completely different?
1: Yeah. Very different characters. And I would say, Uh, First off, in the U.S., there's a big distinction from your ownership experience. Uh, Like here in Colorado, it's no problem to own a Polestar, but the car has to go to Denver because that's like the one service center in our area of like a thousand mile bubble. And then, uh, you know, if there's the legally Polestar 2 and Volvo cars cannot be serviced at the same place uh, just because of dealer laws. In Europe and China, Polestar's can all go to Volvo dealers. Therefore, it's kind of like, which one do you want? Your ownership Hmm. experience is the same. If you live near a Polestar service center and you like more of a performance flair, then that's going to be the car over CMA, over the Volvo thing. Uh, However, if you don't live near a Polestar service center, if you want a more comfortable cruiser uh, that's still quite stylish and, and they're basically the same price, Uh, C40 takes the cake there. Personally, I like the design of C40 more than Polestar 2. I thought the car looked better all around. Polestar 2 in the front looks really good. And performance pack on the side, I really like. But I don't like the back end of Polestar. C40 was like cool enough. and There was enough little details to like be like, oh, that's neat. Uh, And be like, all right, I like that. But personally, I think XC40 Recharge first. Then Polestar 2, not because of styling, but because of uh, performance that you get the big brakes they're uh, Brembo brakes on Polestar 2 or Acubon. I can't remember. I think they're, they're Brembo's on Polestar 2. they the Brembo. Yeah, then you get the Olean's dampers and the good wheels, and that transforms the car, really turns it up to 11, makes it super rough. Polestar is going to be rolling out these software optimizations, I hear, to even increase power, back off ESP, um, give you all the performance stuff, gold seatbelts. For me, that's the car. For Thanks. most people, this one's totally fine.
0: Yeah, I do love the styling of Volvo, and even though it is a sport back, I, I get why some people would like this more, because the XC40 is not EV only. I mean, it's basically XC40 not recharge, adapted to recharge as far as looks especially, and so this is the way to get a all-electric Volvo that yells to everyone else that you have the breaking like breaking news EV.
1: Yeah, but do you think people know that? I don't think anyone's going to know that C40 is an electric car versus a combustion car. I mean, the chassis is a, a combustion chassis adapted for an electric powertrain on all of these cars. Uh, and there's some positives and negatives of, to doing so. Um, but to my opinion, is this is a great stylish symbol right now. I think they're going to go down in value in the used market one day. I think like this is a great secondhand purchase. Um, and I don't think Volvo is going to continue the CMA architecture much longer. They're all going to go to their scalable electric architectures. That's what everyone's working on. They're learning here and then they're building the one that they actually want to sell you later. Oh,
0: nope, may have lost him. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> maybe. That's uh, an interesting still there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> For but. any of our audio listeners, Kyle is frozen, and he's doing quite the maneuver with his hand. Um, um, so I guess, yeah, we'll, I guess we'll use this to move on to our next talk <laughs> on that bombshell. Uh, <laughs> the the Mazda MX-30, we've already... Oh, oh yeah, I, I think he's back. There.
1: <laughs> Sorry, we had a malfunction. We unplugged the internet by accident. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> that, that happens.
0: Um, um, I do want real to move quick, on. Jordan. Really? Oh, yeah, go ahead.
2: Just before we move on. Now, I have talked about this C40 uh, on Twitter and in person and to Kyle about it. And I love that car. I think that is the one to buy over the XC40 personally. I don't have dogs what or anything Full like Star that. What about Polestar 2? So that's the interesting part. So if I lived near a Polestar dealer, I would have a Polestar two, simply for the fact that it was. I, I kind of like the way it looks with the Olin's suspension, the gold brakes, so gold you'd seat get belts. The performance. Yeah, I would, even though I have no reason. It doesn't actually increase performance. It just looks better.
1: Yeah, but it handles better with the suspension. Yeah, that's the, the thing. And I
2: know after experiencing that suspension, in the V60 Polestar, it won me over. I'm like, you'd have to get it. You'd have no choice but to get this one at this point. And I like the 11. I like the bigger touchscreen in it as well compared to the, the Volvo products, which still are stuck to that top. The smaller screen, which is Android operated, which is a lot better than their in-house census system for sure it's
1: better than census and i think it's better than polestar's android system
2: oh really
0: ah that's I, interesting i would do the volvo c40 and then polestar toify it except even better i would just do all sorts of aftermarket things to make it so you're, spicy
1: you're saying you'd get the xc40 the suv and then put the Oleans on it and the brakes and everything
0: yeah, XC40 or C40. I'd have a hard time deciding. I, I do think the XC40 mm-hmm. looks better, but I like the... You're wrong. Uh, the, the rear end of the C40 is so great. And like you said, <laughs> I actually, that's my least favorite part of the Polestar 2. So I would literally C40 and then Polestar 2 if it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that well, look, worry. I don't think you can go wrong. At the end of the day, we're arguing about three of the same cars. It's just a styling. <laughs> I thing. know. Um, so <laughs> in reality, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just get the um, one that makes you happiest. Just don't buy the front-wheel drive Polestar two because that's silly.
0: Nope, never yeah. would. All-wheel drive only. So we've talked about the Mazda MX-30 on the podcast before. However, it was without Kyle, and it was also before this news kind of mentioned about the actual like lease pricing. So the MX-30 is now the brand's cheapest car to lease. Not cheapest EV. It's just the cheapest Mazda in existence to lease.
1: That's at exactly what it
0: needs to be. <laughs> yeah. Can you in say reality, the
1: leasing numbers, Jordan. What is it?
0: Yeah. So it was. Uh, I tell these. Yeah, three hundred. Well, two hundred and seventy-nine a month with three thousand due at signing, which Ooh. equates to effectively three sixty-two a month, all things considered. Um, nope.
1: That's a hell no from me. Look, that's only <laughs> California. So they're putting the federal yep. tax credit, the state tax credit, yep. everything in this lease. Hey, and hey. guess what? And no free charging. You have $500 credit, which doesn't get, get you anywhere. So uh, what you should do is for the same, I think advertised number, get an ID for.
0: Yeah. Hands down. Um, so Kyle, you are not a big fan of this. Well, I mean, the range was bad. The charging is bad. Styling, it's a wash, maybe. Like, the interior is yeah, fantastic.
1: Interior is great.
0: <laughs> interior is great. Interior actually uses a lot of interesting recycled materials, um, such as denim and stuff. But the, yeah, CX-30 platform, which we just found out, they're now going to have a C- MX-50. Um, or is that C- no, CX-50? The CX-5. Yeah, with the inline-6
1: non-turbo. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So that that'll be interesting. It's it's just a lot of stuff on this platform. Um, and so Kyle, the Range was bad, but I know you also drive and own a Smart 42 electric with much less range, but that's also cheaper, right? Like a lot cheaper or well, was it, it not that Well, it
1: wasn't much? when really. they sold it. I think my my Smart was 30 grand and this is 35. And okay. that, you know, it, that this, that's twice the range of the smart. So like, that's a pretty good value when you come, <laughs> when you come bottom up, <laughs> but, but that, that's assuming the smart's a good value in the first place, which it wasn't the thing that I didn't like about this is it's not small enough to be like a tool for the job, which is the smart. I never take it on the highway. Like, can I, yes. Have I since I moved to Colorado? I don't think more than once or twice, and I've gone like two exits. I drive that car Uh from here to Starbucks, downtown, back to here, drop the dog somewhere, and then like, oh, it's dirty. Let me take it to the car wash. That's all I do with it. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? For the most part, it has way more range than I ever use. I charge it once every two weeks, and that's a perfect tool for the job. And was it really thirty grand to me? No, I think my overall cost on that car is like fifteen or twenty grand for a brand new car. Um, You know, factoring in my my good deal on the lease and discounts and things Mm -hmm. like that. The MX thirty is like here's a CUV. You can put people and things in it, and it's practical. So they're like saying like, oh, you can do everything you need to do with this car around the city. And then it's like, by the way, it only has a 100-mile range. But then they put fast charging on there to make it think you can charge fast, but it only does 35 kilowatts. And and by the way, I didn't reach out to Electrify America about this because I don't reach out to them anymore. But they called me and said, we watched your video on the MX-30. We saw you're using one of our stations that had a complimentary charge. We saw some comments that said, hey, could it be the station that's not outputting too much power? I already tried it on another station, so I know that wasn't the case. But um, also, they said – hold on one second. They also said um, that the station outputted everything the car requested. So it really only is 35 kilowatts.
2: (laughs) I mean, I wish Mazda would have made a better first entry. Now, I I think Mazda will get better at it. Um, You think they will?
1: Or are they going to say, no one bought this one, so we're not going to make EVs because no one wants them, obviously? I don't
2: think that they'll go that route. I think ultimately what is holding Mazda back is they just don't have a lot of money to spend on building a whole new type of platform that's electric. Because it is expensive to build an electric car. I mean, the battery cost is a lot. The technologies to go into it is not something that Mazda probably has too deep pockets for in all reality. Well, that's uh, that the problem.
1: Not- They're just cash strapped. I also was a little bit like we were with like the engineers and like all this stuff, but they didn't really know much about the car. Everything was bought off the shelf. I just thought it was kind of a disappointing package. I mean, I've shared my thoughts in the videos. Those kind of all stand. Yeah. There is there is a use case for this car, which is if you just need an extra car for whatever reason, you're a Mazda fan or like uh, the smart car is too small or the Mini Cooper SE is too small. You just need a bit more. You want an SUV. It's fine to just cruise around town like as long as you have enough disposable income for a nears makes no difference $40,000 car yeah. before tax incentives then great but the problem is when you're when you're coming from this level of the market for the same money you can buy an ID4 so like MX30 maxed out trim is identical nearly to ID4 base and ID4 mm-hmm. base blows this thing away Maki base blows this thing away and it's like how can you Why would you buy a limited use case vehicle if it's not like fun and quirky? Like the smart car is a joke. That's hilarious. When I drive that (laughs) thing around town, I put the Great Dane in there. Like everyone's laughing at us. That's a cool. That's the reason I got the car. Um, But, I've, you know, the MX-30 doesn't appeal to me on an emotional level.
0: Yeah, Mazda's never been ahead of the curve um, but they are pretty good at the curve once they get to it. And so I do think this is kind of a pressure from all ends. Like, got to put something out there. Sort of a proof of concept, although it's really not a bespoke platform or anything. So I'm very intrigued to see what they will do once they do have a, an actual, like, ground-up EV platform. I know they're planning hybrid variants of, like, even the Miata is something Mazda has confirmed they're talking about. Who knows what they'll do with it? I'm very curious. But it, it would be interesting to see where they go, but it's too early to say. And like Kyle said, if, if you're an early adopter of a Mazda EV, you must be a true Mazda fan or yeah, like there is a very niche crowd for it. And that's partly why it's not that big of an issue. Like it's only for sale in California right now, um, I guess, in California the average income is a bit more if you count, count like all the cities and stuff. So maybe some people have that disposable income and want something totally different. Well, good um, thing
1: there's only 570 people they need to sell it to because that's as many yeah. as they're bringing in between and, now and the end of the year.
2: And they really only need to sucker 570 people to spend
0: $362
2: plus three grand down. So
0: there you go. <laughs> Piece of cake.
1: Let's talk about something more appetizing than the MX-30. Yes.
0: Yeah. So enough of the news. I want to actually talk about some of the stuff we've been doing and driving. Um, I am three, just over 3,000 miles into my road trip now. We kind of introduced in a that Mazda, last week.
1: a better one. Yes. <laughs> this is
0: infinitely better than the MX 30. Um, I am at my third major stop, I guess sixth stop overall, but I'm in Conyers, Georgia, which is a small suburb east of Atlanta. And I have a friend here who works on cars. That's how he does for a living. So I shipped parts directly to him because storage capacity and yada. I don't have room to carry all these like suspension components and stuff. Oh, so shipped it straight annoying. to him. And I just, you know, lots of cursing and hours later, um, it is still a car that was bred in Ohio, essentially. I thought I rescued it soon enough. It only had 25,000 miles or so when I bought it. But still, rust on some of the bolts was just a nightmare. So, what should have been a fast job was just chaos. We had to just like dismantle everything, cut out. We had to actually cut the sway bar end links, just destroy them. Oh there my was no god! Really? Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> it was. It was like fortunately, local shop had new OEM sway bar end links, which you know weren't entirely just for my car. The RX-8 has the same pieces too but um yeah but as of like just five minutes ago he sent me this picture got it all done on the ground
1: oh um, so. that looks good
0: yes perfect it's, just it's in better. time
1: for your colorado winter adventure <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it it does um it, it highlights how terrible the offset is for these factory wheels like 55 offset so they do poke in a bit much but you know it works for now. I'll get new wheels eventually. Um, just get just get like I, a
1: 20 mil spacer. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That say. that
0: is what some people do. I but I want these wheels to be a little like the factory wheels are crazy thin. So I do want a slightly wider wheel. Um, but and I also got mud yeah, flaps. Yeah, but you from need thin. a patch
1: to hold you over. You can't roll around like In this. the meantime, that yeah. 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 In the meantime, just get a set of spacers. Come on.
0: Yeah. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then I, I didn't get a picture, but I got um mud flaps from Ben to actually like somehow a fix for winter. Like, I want to make him so that I can had
1: random Miata mud flaps for his model. Th-
0: no nope. model three mud flaps Rally-Armor. and rally armor brand for his model three. I took those and the hardware, and it looks like I can actually make that work for the Miata with some tinkering here and there (laughs) Um, should be great i already i already have awesome winter wheels with big aggressive snow and ice tires Uh, mud flaps are gonna be great i'll probably throw a roof rack on there with some skis just i don't even ski but you know it's all about the looks so winter build is on its way (laughs) Um, and next stop is nashville i'm going to hit tail the dragon thursday i've never been there at all so I hear from all of you. It's great. So what a great way to break Welcome in to our suspension. home away
1: from home. That place <laughs> is the best. Take it easy. Yeah. Make sure you ne- don't cross the double yellows. Keep it nice and oh, safe. Yeah. You'll get into the groove. A couple corners will come right up on you. Stay yeah. on top of brake temperatures. But uh, yeah, that, and your Miata, just run it for the one time at, at uh, you know, second gear for the most part. Just let it ring out. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah. you know, cars can take a lot more abuse than, than most people imagine. Likes to rev high. Um,
0: so, yeah. Kyle, you just got back from a crazy trip, which is partially why you missed a bunch of podcasts. And you were, I mean, filming what? Triple digit videos as
1: far as the number count 105, of 105. Just... Yeah. Wow. In three and a half (laughs) or something like this. Yeah. But, you know, this content will roll out over time. Some of it, we're kind of like having the issue now where we're like, we can't remember if we filmed things or not. And then we film things and we're like, oh, we actually, I forgot we did that. We need to edit that video and get it up. (laughs) So, you know, maybe we should have had a better content management system. It was basically just like, give us as many cars as we can, as many videos as we can make and then go home. Uh, that that was our plan. But we had an amazing time starting in Munich for about two weeks straight, had our own apartment there. Really a great city. I could see us expanding uh, out of spec over to Europe very soon uh, and probably to Munich or Stuttgart. But Munich's probably the better place with the mountains there. The problem with Munich is it's seven hours from the Nürburgring. Um, so maybe we just bite the bullet, put something in Frankfurt and then you're only an hour away from the Nürburgring problem is the press cars are all in Munich. So these are the kind of situations we need to figure out. We just need a little small office, a little mailing address. So we could go over there, put an air mattress in or something. And, and just, you know, it's relatively cheap to fly back and forth. Um, and Frankfurt, we have direct flights to from Denver, which is nice. So that might be a better alternative. We'll see. Um, yeah. And, and then just Nürburgring. (laughs) Yeah, Nürburgring track tests for every car would be amazing. So, you know, (laughs) that's just the best. Uh, Yeah, Germany was amazing. We went around the EAA auto show, the big IAA, kind of a letdown. Everyone spoke about it. It was really a micro-mobility show, which um, has sparked some interest in us to start a channel called Out-of-Spec Scoots. And I haven't told you guys about this yet, but what do you think about the name? (laughs) As long as,
2: like, do you mean, like, scooters, or do you mean, like... Yes. mobility scooters
1: yes both just like little micro mobility things like uh, you yeah. know e-bikes and just out of spec scoots and uh, brandon came up with that name i thought it was a great name and <laughs> um we just need someone to present it so if you're interested in micro mobility and happen to be watching this podcast one of the three people who listen i'm just joking that it would be great to uh <laughs> great to have you uh reach out and talk about what, what that might look like. But yeah, so, so that, that was cool. That was a big focus of this year's auto show. I thought it was interesting because there were so many protesters all around the city blocking highways, all about, you know, we want greener cities, but they don't realize the whole show is about how to make cars autonomous and clean. And like that was like, we're all on the same page and you're blocking highways. And it was insane. So yeah, it was a, quite an interesting experience. Uh, once we finished up around Germany, we did a whole bunch of test cars there, which was great. Filmed some fun videos, um, everything from Honda E's to Kia EV6, for example, which was a great car. So that was coming to interesting America, experience. coming to America. Yes, Honda E should come to America, and yes, that on paper. It's worse than MX 30 on paper, but it's got character. But. Yes, <laughs> it makes
2: up a lot of ground. I can tell it you, looks, that. yeah, infinitely. And so better. That's
1: worth it. Oh, it's so happy. It is the best. And the turning radius was amazing. And it was so fast off the line. The 0 to 60 is like nine seconds. It's not much. But 0 to like 50 kilometers an hour is like F1 style. It's great. And then it just dies. It was so funny. Like you get this <laughs> huge boost and then it just dies at 50. That's all you need um really truly loved that car that was one of the best ones and honda went way out of their way honda of america worked with honda germany to then ship a car across the country in an enclosed giant 18-wheeler trailer just (laughs) one little honda e so we could test this car it was so cool of them to do that and uh yeah i mean we did four million views on just one tiktok and i think it was worth it on all of our coverage so that was cool uh, part of that's always scary for me. It's like, oh, wow, you know, we, we don't accept money from an automaker. You'll never come on our podcast and hear Ford is sponsored our show. We don't do that. But what we do is we accept media vehicles to review, um, mm-hmm. which, like, some people are like, that's unethical. And it's like, look, at the end of the day, you see, we have no problem trashing a car, we're going to tell it how it is. That's the industry. We can't buy every car we review. We'll buy certain models that have a huge interest. For example, I'm thinking Rivian. Uh, we have Tesla stuff. We have the, the van life things to provide like a long-term, totally independent situation. And then maybe we'll accept long-termers from automakers here or there. For example, I think we're going to do something with Nissan and their Leaf and like do like a, the last final straw of the Leaf and do a little series there. But But we won't ever accept payment from them. And it was really cool to see Honda uh, really value our coverage there. But as I was saying, that's kind of scary because what if we don't get views on it? Like what if no one cares about it? I don't know what people are going to think about a Honda E. <laughs> they went through all this effort and then like three people watched the video. That's always kind of scary to think about too. So yeah, this is this is certainly something we need to – Your lease is always on my mind, but um, yeah. Oh, and we'll get to the Twizy here in a second. So yeah, after that, we went, we spent some time at the Nurburgring a few days, ripped a whole bunch of stuff around, Renault, Zoe, Taycan, Cross Turismo, Turbo. We then went up to Sweden. Um, Then we went up into Norway. Yeah, oh, Norway was the craziest place. Uh, We had a brand new eight kilometer, picked it up at the Tesla delivery center, Model Y made in China drove this on a whole loop all around Norway. Alyssa and I, we had a blast. And then at the end, our friends, uh, Marcus Field, they're sort of a uh, EV rental place in Oslo. They said like, just take whatever you want. I'm like, well, we have to like run. We have a, a, a bus to catch to get back to Sweden. Uh, we couldn't bring the Porsche into Sweden because it'd be considered smuggling because it's not in the EU and we didn't <laughs> fill out all the forms in time. So we had to take a bus in, but it was one of those great, it was awesome. Cool, cool experience um that video is coming up on in on uh, out of spec motor this week maybe even tomorrow we'll see um what do we do what was i saying and then i drove a Twizy from marcus this was crazy <laughs> dream car
2: Kyle's <laughs> <laughs> talked about the Twizy for years genuinely yeah, I mean, years
1: like you know i'm not joking I when i say this is my dream car
2: yeah he would he would own that over the smart car had they sold it here
1: oh, I'd own every it day of the week yeah, anything. That would be I a would thing. give up everything to drive a Twizy. So loved this car. Really had a blast. And yeah, only drove it for like ten minutes because we were in such a rush. But it was the best ten minutes of my life. <laughs> and <laughs> drove it down the sidewalk. I mean, it was so fun. And this one was chipped, so it it did you know more speed than a normal Twizy nice. would do. And yeah, it's just such a great experience. Yeah. And then after that, we had to blast back to the Nurburgring, and then we blasted to Munich and saw some friends along the way, and then came home. Then I went back to Europe just this past <laughs> week, and I did some Volvo stuff. We talked about that. And then, yeah, in between those two, I drove a whole bunch of cars. I drove, uh, you know, sort of this luxury segment. So I drove EQS, Lucid Air, Tycon, and Model S Plaid, very condensed period of time. That was quite interesting as well.
2: Yeah, that is... Really interesting that you drove the S, the Model S Plaid, the Lucid Air, and the Mercedes EQS all pretty much back to back. That's not something a lot of people have done, I'm sure. So that's a a really cool experience. And just off watching your videos, uh, I would have the EQS, even though I agree it's not the best looking car. But I just think comfort, luxury, quietness makes up for all. The exterior so looks. the
1: EQS is for you. That's interesting. Yes. Because you I mean you did have your Etron, so you do go over yes. old man luxury. You are an old man. And I am so an old man. And <laughs> getting there. yeah, you're getting there though. I and am the so Mary. so I see that as being like the ultimate U car. And <laughs> I think so. Here are my here are my quick impressions. Model S Plaid, stupid freaking fast in a straight line, yes. just insane. You get the, this yoke wheel, which is insane. You get this, uh, not in a great way. You get this crazy <laughs> interior with the screen, and the UI is great. But like the car is just like not well crafted. Uh, I mean, it's it's fine, but it's it's really good at straight line. Probably great at road trips, uh, and and inside the Tesla bubble network, which is a real positive to owning an EV because you just you roll up to chargers and yep. they work. And that is one of the reasons to buy that car. Oh, it's uh, but huge I think,
2: up here.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. like unless you're a YouTuber, just get a Model S long range and you'd be totally fine. And that's like still 4.2 seconds, 60, something crazy fast or even faster. might even be in the threes now. I don't know, but that's stupid. Um, so, yeah, yeah, get Model S long range. If you're a YouTuber, get a Plaid because everyone loves it. Um, then uh, EQS, Uber luxury mode, really crazy comfortable. And what else was in there? Lucid Air, kind of a blend of those, and then also blends in some of the great steering from Taycan, some of the the back road handling. Lucid Air is a big, heavy thing, no question. Uh, but this car is a very technically impressive in terms of EPA rated range. We don't know real world range yet, and mm-hmm. um, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see to do more Lucid stuff. Hopefully, we can test them soon. But um, yeah, this is Lucid. I think is going to be the most interesting to me
0: so kyle i guess as like a brain dump if if you were like forced to pick one of these four cars to buy what what would your brain do to actually decipher why you would choose what
1: yeah so so i'll walk you through my thought process model s plaid the most practical tons of room hatchback proven chassis proven reliability proven resale value that's a big one we don't know the resale on any of the other three so from like a mental standpoint you know just buying off of here are all the specs on paper here's you know the 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 accounting side of things if i was a, a logical person i would just buy the model s plaid because you can't argue against it i mean there's no metric you could pull up to argue against model s plaid that's the thing about that car But then when you drive EQS, you cannot put on paper how well this car drives and how comfortable it is. And if I was doing a lot of long road trips like I do now, and if I was cruising around town, also a hatchback, very practical. Um, Not a great-looking car, though, to me personally. A lot of commenters loved it. A lot of commenters were like, you have no taste. That car looks amazing. I'm like, really? Because I've only ever heard bad things, but that's good to know some people like it. but really a technical marvel. The thing that I don't like about EQS is the charging doesn't seem that impressive. It's 200 kilowatt peak, and then at 50%, it's doing 156 kilowatts. Not that bad, but not mm-hmm. class leading. The thing I love about Tycon is 270 kilowatts, zero to 50%, just sits max and then goes. Uh, so my heart isn't into the EQS, but I really want like my best friend to have one so I could borrow it as much as possible. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and i probably would end up driving it more than any of the other cars just because it's so comfortable but for me to spend my hard-earned money on it i don't think i could see myself doing that uh, lucid air also incredible comfort amazing range great acceleration the styling again not for me but i'm not a good judge of style um The the big question is brand new car, brand new automaker. We have no clue if the car is going to be baked at start of production, if it's going to hold up well, how they're going to support it with the 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 over-the-air updates. We just know that they keep saying great things about it. It's their job. It's their company. But we have to wait and see in the real world. Would that stop me from buying one? No. I think I have enough intrinsic trust in Lucid to be like, okay, everyone has really good – um you know sort of experience in the auto industry even though the companies knew the people aren't so that gives me a lot of confidence in that car yeah overall lucid air uh, probably would be a really good one but again it's a little old manny for me and then you get to the tycon which on paper is probably the hardest sell because it has the lowest range the most expensive price It's only fast if you get one that's $200,000. If you get the Turbo S, I mean, they're all fast, but you know what I mean? To get the really, really fast. Yeah. And, but then you start playing around with options and you can go like, oh, massaging seats. Oh, I can get my color. Oh, I can spec this. Oh, I can do that. And then it's like, you spec the perfect one and you're like, wow, that's like a one of one. Like you'll never see because there's so many different configurations. It's unique, it's premium. People know, obviously, when out of your way, spend so much more money on this car, which means you probably value not the image, but you value driving dynamics, which that car really, really puts out. And, yeah, I think I would personally spend my hard-earned money on a Tycon Cross Turismo, uh, spec the way I'd want it, Turbo, Turbo S. Uh, and that would be that would be my heart decision. That would be what I emotionally want to drive. And that's where I think you should spend your money. Uh, a car for me isn't a car to just get you from A to B. I always say it should get you to B with a smile on your face. The Taycan does this. I don't think the other three really did to that extent. For you, yeah. You, you nailed that on the Yeah, head. yeah. Look, like some people car- are just like they can only you know process acceleration time. So like the Plaid's the best car ever. And guess what? For you, that might be the case. And I said that in the review. This is the best car ever for certain people uh and and you know that's the thing so for me personally i'd go tycon that's where my money's going if i had the kind of money if i was like stretching to get the car and i was like i don't know like if i need to sell this thing and i was financing it then i think i would just get a model s because there's an easy exit strategy no matter how you do it you're going to get out of that car there's always a demand there's huge outward knowledge about it the hard thing with the tycons like let me sell my Turbo or Turbo S Tycon that I spent $220,000 on. You can go buy a new one for eighty dollars and now someone's going to buy a used one for 170 dollars uh, And then you've already lost 40 Gs on that car. That's hard. So it, it's hard on the resale side with Tycon. They, they really do take off this big ledge, and, but we don't have enough data on resale to know. Um, and so like if you're not completely loaded, then I think Model S is the safest purchase. Yeah. What do you guys think it, Mike which would you go for? You went you said EQS.
2: So, yeah, I mean even after hearing you talk just now, I, in my head I'm like, yeah, he makes a lot of good points, but he's wrong. Uh, he's definitely wrong. The <laughs> EQS for the money, for what that car is and how much car it just, I mean, lengthwise, just how much car it is, is to me just I can't get over like I'm not a huge mercedes fan there's probably not really that's probably the only modern mercedes i would consider actually buying um but you're buying into a dealer network a car that is built extremely well the technology is going to be really good i don't even know if i'd get the hyper screen to be honest i kind of like it without the hyper screen more like the s-class yes but you have to get the
1: rear wheel drive which isn't bad because i think the rear wheel drive drove better than the all-wheel drive in my opinion um, yeah i just thought it was a little bit smoother so you could get a 450 plus without hyper screen but if you want all-wheel drive it's standard okay. by the way 10 degrees of rear steer standard in our market which everyone <laughs> thought was going to be a which, subscription.
2: yes i remember reading about that like oh mercedes gonna charge a subscription for rear wheel steering but now the fact that it's standard just makes it even better to maneuver that car and the handling like i experienced the rear steering in a tycon turbo And that was the first time I've ever experienced anything like that. And granted, that's a completely different car than EQS handling wise, I'm sure. But I just, I love the interior of the EQS and I'm a huge sucker for ambient lighting. And there's plenty of ambient lighting in that car.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm actually going to go out and try it. So I got a Mercedes loan today. I have a a press car. I have a a media vehicle. Sorry, I have a, a A35 AMG oh spicy yeah so two liter 302 horsepower 295 pound-feet of torque uh seven speed dct with standard launch control i'm glad that it said it's standard launch control (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah so i'm gonna go see the lighting on this tonight i'm looking forward to it
2: oh yeah that's i'm jealous because i know it's going to be really good
1: Yeah, I just—they didn't put any ambient lighting in my Sprinter. How cool would it be if you could get a Sprinter with all the ambient lighting, the entire thing? I'm actually surprised
2: that they don't offer ambient lighting in a passenger version Sprinter, but I guess it probably was a cargo van originally.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I think mine wasn't a passenger. I think it was a cargo. With then they like spec the options, but here's a weird one: Winnebago. Not to derail again. Winnebago yeah. specs their RVs, converts them and then sells them as a package. That's what we bought, the Winnebago Revel. For yes. some reason, they think the Winnebago Revel, the adventure van designed to get you out in the harshest of climates, doesn't need heated seats. But then like <laughs> the highway one gets heated seats. I don't get that. Like you should put all the heated stuff, the heated steering wheel, the heated seats, the power seats in the off-roady one, but no, no heated seats in our van sadly.
2: Interesting.
0: Yeah, but I can uh, I do have a
1: diesel heater that I can run that sucker all the time, so I'm just going to keep that on all winter. Yeah, you can always
0: add. It. You could always add ambient lighting in the Revel all over the place. The
1: so I think we're doing a, a media deal with this LED lighting company. We'll see, and we're going to put them all over the Sprinter, which will be hilarious. Like, under-glow. if it's done
0: right,
2: if it's done right, it'll no, look good. Is, I really I hope think, it's done right.
1: <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to play around with. it. I think I've it's something some I have to install
2: in my career in my other job that look terrible uh well you can be the judge of it
1: after we put the ad in the video then you can be the judge of how it actually (laughs) looks. yeah like i said we won't accept money from automaker but we will do it from accessory companies yeah that's fine but like (laughs) if it's bad and then we're like oh this is bad we won't run the ad we'll just send them back of course yeah yeah we're not gonna like just say yeah we'll advertise (laughs) anything for you (laughs) we'll we'll, we'll bet it
0: (laughs) we're not sellouts Yeah, your guys. Yeah, we never will be.
1: We just just can't be.
0: You guys have made me really want to try the EQS now because that is so. I think it looks horribly ugly. That's all all three of us think it's ugly, so that's saying something. Mm. But I know looks can be remedied, like to to an extent. But there's a lot you can do with either you know accessories on the exterior or wheel choice. Do you think the Model Three is ugly? No. Oh, I know a I lot of people. I own who one do one of those.
1: Do you think the first generation <laughs> Porsche Panamera was ugly?
0: At the yes. time, no. Now, I now I do think it's ugly.
1: Yeah, I own one <laughs> of those too. So styling yeah. doesn't play into how ugly cars are. For, uh, uh, but styling,
0: them. styling plays a huge part into how I see a car or see myself yeah. in a car. But I I am grown to this part where I'm like obsessed with interior, like fit and finish and quality, and even like quality of infotainment which is actually my biggest prick with the Ticon. Like I just couldn't really get myself to like the infotainment or the. Oh, I control. love it.
1: That's wild. What really? does you, Oh, <laughs> the climate control sucks.
0: Yeah. That, you know, absolutely. that was the worst thing ever. That was the biggest part. Um, and then, inf- I mean, the infotainment itself was fine. I didn't have any major complaints, but I realized how much I missed having a forward and reverse track button for music or podcast or all, yeah, the but you stuff. can
1: program the hot keys to do this. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So there's sure. work yeah, around the really love that.
1: Yeah. And put now starting for 2022 model year on Macan, they finally put a hard next track button, which is the, that's when we get one on review, it's just going to be, you can skip your tracks and review. Uh, that's all you need yep. to know.
0: <laughs> so
1: hopefully they do <laughs> the just same. Get
2: with the GTS. Yeah. That's all
0: you need. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I, I'd be super torn. I haven't... I like the Lucid up front and don't like it in the back. Um, but, that, yeah, but again, you these are all You also like to looks. factor
1: in technical. Like, which one would you... If I say, Jordan, four cars parked in the lot, you got to live with one for a year, which one you you pull it out?
0: At, at this point, it would probably be Model S. And it wouldn't even have to be the Plaid. Like you said, the the long-range Model S is faster than Taycan Four. Uh, maybe even the 4S, like it's it's quick. Oh, it's, it's spicy, yeah, it's faster. It, it might
1: be on par with the Turbo, actually, or like right in between yeah. 4S and Turbo. I mean, it's so way it's faster
0: quick. than you ever need. Yeah, yeah. I'd be more than happy with Model S Long Range. Although, of course, I like the Plaid, especially just the new slightly widened stance. Like that fixes what I didn't love about yeah, the I Model think S, like S.
1: Matt White and it looked good.
0: Ooh. oh yeah, yeah. Mo- Model S Plaid that would that's what i would choose partially for infotainment which is funny because i usually hate infotainment if carplay is a bad experience and tesla doesn't even have carplay but you genuinely don't need it if it's good enough infotainment um tesla CarPlay. has great infotainment their over-the-air updates are great and the just charging infrastructure like of all the evs i've tried it, that one was like the no no-brainer and i'm i'm a sucker for convenience and i've had less issues with ea recently um, but it's still not quite as smooth for me. So at this point, yeah. But once I would plug choose Model charge, S, you but had, it could change. You
1: had plug in charge on Maki, didn't you? On the rear wheel drive? Yeah. So you just roll up, plug yeah. in. And so do you think that's a different experience than the supercharger?
0: Um, two of the five times I plugged in, it didn't work. Um, oh, well and that, it was... That's a different experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah.
2: So the answer is yes. Uh,
0: and, I don't know. Like, and even the CCS charger is so big and bulky, which is stupid for me to like criticize, but that literally I was plugging in being like, I hate this versus the, I don't know. The Tesla supercharger is just really easy. Um, hmm. no screen with terrible CCS interface. is very
1: annoying to plug in. I just wish. Yeah. So I'm all for CCS just because we're all using it. Let's just stick to one thing. And finally, Tesla has a CCS adapter coming to North America that we've been begging for. Um, The big question is going to be, though, we should we could do a whole episode on this Uh, is, you know, is it worth is it are are we too late to design a new standard that works for everyone? That's easy. And honestly, Mm -hmm. we should just go with the Tesla standard because it's so simple, easy. But a lot of the Germans don't like it because it doesn't have all the safety checks in it that CCS has for like battery isolation. Uh, So, yeah, I I just think it's going to be Tesla and CCS and we're stuck in CCS, my opinion.
0: Yeah, well. That has yeah, been a be. solid hour of great car talk. Um, thanks for joining us, everyone. Be sure to check out our Twitter, out, under, un, out underscore of underscore spec, out of spec. You'll find us on Twitter. YouTube, out of spec reviews has tons of videos flying out, especially all the ones Kyle has talked daily. about with his comparison. Yeah, daily. His comparison of the four cars we just discussed, plus everything in Europe, it's all coming out. It ha- A lot of it has come out. Um, Kyle specifically is at it's Kyle Connor. I am at Jordan underscore Schieffer. Mike is at M underscore Breeling. And we also have a Discord now. So check us out on Discord. Check us out everywhere. And we'll see you very soon in another episode. (laughs)